Hello, and welcome to Voices of Garden City, a new podcast from the Garden City News where we interview unique members of the community. We hope to highlight the achievements and goals of our interviewees, as well as come to a better understanding of our town. I am your host, Meredith McLaughlin. For our first episode, I am interviewing Timmy O'Hanlon, 2021 Senior Class President at the Garden City High School. As we're all well aware, COVID has made this school year unlike any other. While elementary school students are able to go to school full-time, middle schoolers and high schoolers have had to follow the hybrid model, in which two to three out of the five school days are spent learning online at home. As class president, Timmy has been an advocate for in-class learning during the COVID-19 crisis, as well as an active proponent for unity and positivity. For the entirety of his high school career, he has believed in the importance and power of the class coming together to create a movement and lift each other's spirits. Tim carries a professional air about him that isn't always associated with high schoolers, or at the very least, I wasn't nearly as professional or put together when I was in high school. Coming to the interview in a suit and tie, I would have mistaken Timmy for a Chaminade student had I had not known better. Before discussing Timmy's accomplishments, I wanted to hear what it was like growing up in Garden City and how the community shaped him. Oh, it's been fantastic. I think I've had so many great opportunities, uh, you know, living here, going through the great sports programs, starting when I was like uh, five through like Little League and uh, Centennial Soccer, and then playing Thunder football. And then in terms of the school district, it's been top notch. I think Garden City has one of the best public high school, uh, public school districts in the nation, mm. especially on Long Island. Tim started giving back to the community in his sophomore year with the Hoops for Hope fundraiser, where he hosted a challenger basketball game at the high school. The proceeds went to the I'm Not Done Yet Foundation. It all started when I went to a challenger basketball game at our gym my freshman year of high school, and I noticed that the game was not well attended. It was really only the players' parents that went. And I'm thinking, you know, I've been to varsity football games, I've been to varsity basketball games, and those gyms and, and uh, bleachers are packed. So I think, you know, you know what, these students have all sorts of struggles and they deserve to be able to play in a game in a packed house and just feel so excited about themselves. And so I thought about that for a while. And then I came across the Mengus family who their son was very active in cancer research in terms of when you go to hospitals, you see places where the patients live. You have spaces for children, you have spaces for adults, but you really don't see that space for the adolescents. There's no spaces in hospitals for students to hang out with their friends, play some video games, do their homework. So that's something that the Mengus family has been very active in doing uh, since Bobby's uh, tragic passing mm. uh, four years ago. And I'm thinking there's gotta be a way for us to take the Challenger basketball game and raise money for this great organization. So that's how we came up with Hoops for Hope, which what we did was uh, we ran it two years. We ran it last February before the pandemic, then the year before that. During one Challenger basketball game, which was regularly scheduled, we decided to have raffle tables outside the gym full of various different prizes where people pay raffle tickets. We had a bake sale, we had a donation table, and all the proceeds went to the I'm Not Done Yet Foundation. And and we were able to raise $10,000 our uh, first year and then $20,000 our second year. And it didn't really hit me of the impact that we made because this wasn't just me. This mm -hmm. was 
I reached out to Miss Fleming, a high school teacher right. who has done a lot of service in terms of getting fundraising. Mm. I reached out to the Miracle Club. I reached out to our pep band, our cheerleaders, our kick line. Uh, I had to coordinate with the principal and the athletic director, the gym space. And when I went out during halftime to make my speech, and I just saw all the people there united for this basketball team. Mm. And I saw the smiles on the kids' faces when they were playing. It really made me realize that this wasn't just one thing. This wasn't just about raising money. This wasn't just about the basketball game. It was about kindness. And I think the people who went to that game and the people who made donations really gave that kindness in two ways. They were donating their money to an organization that is so dedicated and so uh, run by heart. And we have the kids who you know, were dealing with their struggles, but going out and having fun and uh, doing some exercise. And they just were so excited to see all the fans. So I think the people who went to that game just uh, felt just as happy as the players. Kindness, especially kindness in our community, was a big motivator behind Tim's decision to fundraise for I'm Not Done Yet. Through his life, Bobby Menges did a great deal for charity. He ran blood drives outside of his house. He volunteered at Winthrop Hospital. He started exercise programs for pediatric cancer patients, and he raised money for cancer research. His charity continues to the I'm Not Done Yet Foundation, which is run by his family in Garden City. I'm very supportive of the I'm Not Done Yet Foundation. Is there carrying the torch that Bobby started? He was so vocal in having all different kinds of fundraisers during his life. And, the th and think the fact that the community is so supportive of the Mengus family and continuing that message of kindness right. was, I thought it was only fitting to have the proceeds from our event go to their organization. That's why I, uh, those of you uh, listening right now, I'm wearing a mask that says I'm not done yet foundation on it because it's uh, not only is it comfortable, but I think it spreads the message that uh, I support right. and we as a community support. Hoops for Hope is also the reason why Tim became class president in the first place. After the fundraiser, Tim's classmates convinced him to run for the position based on his leadership skills he showed running Hoops for Hope. After two years of being president, Tim does have something of a legacy he wants to leave behind. What I want to leave behind as president is to know that all of our students are represented and they have a voice collectively. And my opinion is just as important as everyone else's opinion. Tim's admiration for the school district the high school, and its students shines through in how he's responded to COVID-19. He's made sure his peers have the chance to make a difference during a time when it's easy to feel helpless. Well, I think what was really tough with the pandemic is because a lot of kids, a lot of, in terms of the high school, we have a lot of students. We have a very large class that has the very varied interests. Not only do we have athletes, but we have musicians, we have singers, we have actors, we have artists, mm. we have poets. And all of us collectively missed out on a lot of great activities over the past year mm -hmm. because of the pandemic. So I felt responsible because I was honored to be elected their class president starting mm. my junior year. I wanted to reach out to them and let them know that we're all in this together and that what affects one of us affects all of us. Right. And so starting in the spring, what I decided to do was I decided to start a letter writing campaign mm -hmm. where students had the opportunity to write thank you letters to all of our uh, police officers, grocery store workers, doctors, nurses, uh, frontline workers mm -hmm. in general, thanking them for 
leaving their home during the height of the pandemic mm -hmm. and doing what's necessary to run our community. And we had an article written about us in the Garden City News. And I thought that was fantastic because now not only are we doing a good deed for those people who were really struggling and really growing, going outside of their comfort zone. And that was, uh, I think it was fantastic that not only did we do that, but now the students feel involved and we mm -hmm. collectively are giving back to the community. Making good on his goal to ensure his classmates feel represented, Timmy has gone to numerous school board meetings to advocate for a return to in-class learning. Everyone's normal lives have been uprooted by the pandemic. However, it's been especially tough for students who should be spending this time learning and socializing rather than cooped up at home. In terms of when school reopened, we reopened in the hybrid model. And I spoke at several board of education meetings mm -hmm. discussing why, how important it is that we should go back full time, how we should go back every day and not have to do work over the computer. While that's my wish, I'm glad that we're able to do that. Seniors now have the option to go back full time. I acknowledge in the meeting on my, during my speech that there, is a, there are some students who prefer the hybrid model and mm -hmm. prefer the fully remote model. I think that's, and their opinions are completely valid because mm -hmm. this pandemic affects people in very different ways. And they have the right to choose how they want to proceed with their education going forward. Having the right to choose is especially important to students who struggle with the hybrid model. One of the things I personally related to Timmy on is the difficulty of doing school from home. It can be challenging to motivate oneself to get work done in a space you once used to relax. I myself, uh, during my final semester of college, had to do work from home because of COVID. And I personally had trouble doing my work outside of my bed because it was comfortable, but it was too comfortable because I would fall asleep during class, which is not good. I think a lot of students, they, um, myself included on this, have struggled. You know, it's hard to separate home from school because mm. when you're at home, like, I don't know about uh, I'm sure a lot of students feel this way, but me in particular, like, I just, I want to play some video games. I want right, to, like, exactly. hang out in bed. Mm -hmm. And that's totally normal things, but it's mm -hmm. hard to balance that in schoolwork. So I, I'm back full time and I'm happy that uh, I have the option to do that. I think it's it's hard to do schoolwork over the computer, mm -hmm. at least for me. Some students have, some students find that to be very easy, the uh, learning transition. But uh, it is hard to separate, you know, your home life from your school life. And you want to see your friends. You want to see your teachers. Timmy has clearly worked hard to get the Board of Education to consider providing an in-class option for the high school. But has the board been receptive to his efforts? Tim talks about how the collective voices of other students and families made sure the board heard their wishes. I think the... I think it wasn't just me that made the effort. I think it was a lot of students that were very vocal in what they wanted to do. So we circulated the petition to not only the students, but their parents as well. And we were able to get hundreds of signatures in support of having students to have the option to go back full time. Because it wasn't because it's not mandatory. Students yeah. who still want to do work online have the option to do that. And I think us collectively going to the Board of Education just made our point so much stronger. It drives home that we want to do this together. With the senior class finally having the option to return to school full-time, I was curious to know what Timmy's ideal setup at the high school would look like. A setup which would have in-class teaching, but avoid spreading the virus. In the process, I also learned what methods the school is currently using to ensure student safety. I think what we did was we... I think the senior year going back, we've been back full-time since February 1st. I think what the school did in 
although the desks are closer together, mm -hmm. we have plexiglass. We are still wearing our masks. Mm -hmm. There is, there's so much hand sanitizer. We've got hand sanitizers at the front of the room, in the hallways. And we still have, we have that app on our smartphone to do our daily health check. And I believe that the school is the safest place to be. And students who are comfortable going to school uh, should be confident in that they're not going to get the virus. Beyond trying to improve the scholastic aspect of senior year for his classmates, Tim and the student government are looking to provide fun events and activities as well. For example, last year the seniors couldn't have a prom, and Tim is hoping this year will be different. At this point, I'd like to issue a small apology. Um, during the interview, we had a printer go off in our office, um, and at, at a certain point during Tim's response, you can hear the printer in the background. Um, it's uh, I considered cutting this part, but I I believe Tim's answer is a, an important insight into the plans of the student government. Um, so I, it's our first podcast. Um, it's our first episode. We're still working out some of the kinks. Um, but again, apologies for the uh for the printer sound. It won't happen again. <laughs> well, we. We were so fortunate that we got sports approved mm -hmm. by the governor's order and the uh, county executive, Laura Curran, mm -hmm. gave the okay for our district to play sports. Uh, basketball and uh, winter sports just started and uh, s uh, fall sports are going to start, uh, traditionally fall sports mm -hmm. are going to start in March 1st. And so I think that's a great thing for our class, our athletes, people who have been uh, wanting to play sports, that's their passion, now they have the opportunity to. And I think a lot of doctors can agree that when you're cooped up for a while, you worry about things like anxiety, depression, and going outside in the fresh air and being with your peers and having fun is the, I think, one of the best treatments for that. So students now have the opportunity to do that. And we are working to maybe do something for homecoming. It's harder to do that because typically we have a pep rally in the gym. Uh, we're all crowded in there. We're not going to be able to do that, but we're going to try to do something. And I think our next big push is going to be to make sure that we can have a graduation ceremony all collectively as a class because we can spread out among the football field and the bleachers and also the prom for people who feel comfortable going to that event. Oh, so you are hosting a prom or there, there gonna, will be a prom. So right now the district is going forward as if it's a normal year to reserve the Garden City Hotel for mm -hmm. the prom. We don't know if it's going to happen, but we're pushing forward as if it's a normal year mm -hmm. and we're going to... I'm going to advocate for the students that we should be able to have that event, and I hope for the best. I asked him about the impact he ultimately wants to have on people when running events like Hoops for Hope or the Essential Workers Letter Writing Campaign, especially during the pandemic. When I, whenever I have an event, whenever I'm representing people, I want us collectively to spread a message. Mm. I don't want it to just be me, right. because... I think whenever I make a speech, whenever I, when I ran the Hoops for Hope, I wanted to bring people together and us to all feel good about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's why, that's what I did for Hoops for Hope. And that's what I'm continuing to do now as class president when being together is something that's really hard to get done. And I just want all my peers to know at the high school that I'm here for you. And we, the, my, uh, Vice President, Treasurer, uh, Secretary, and uh, Social Chairperson, 
are all working on behalf of you because you deserve a voice and you deserve recognition for all your hard work. And the rest of the senior year is going to be as fantastic as we can make it. I ended the interview with a universally dreaded question. What do you plan to do after you graduate? Tim, of course, had an eloquent response. I myself am going to be going to, I'm going to college this uh, fall. I'm just, I'm kind of nervous because like I already got into some schools, but I'm still waiting on a couple schools. So I'm sure a lot of seniors are just, you know, we're just waiting with uh, just, you know, what's going to happen? Are we going to get in? Are we not going to get in? But it's all a process. And, you know, my family says, you know, you go where you go. I know it's like, it's, it's hard hearing that now, but it's going to make sense when you start class. And... When I go to college and when I get a job, when I move on with life, I am definitely going to carry with me the strong connections and the strong lessons of hard work and spreading kindness that I learned in the high school. And I think we as uh, seniors of our class, we can't, we have really learned the hard way that we can't just sit back and, you know, wait for things to happen. We have to advocate for ourselves and, you know, let people know what we're thinking so our voices are heard. Thank you for listening to our first podcast and a big thank you to Tim O'Hanlon for coming in for the interview. We send out our best wishes for the class of 2021 and hope the rest of this school year is enjoyable. You have been listening to Voices of Garden City, a project of the Garden City News. I am your host, Meredith McLaughlin. This podcast was created to provide a glimpse into the lives of our residents. If you or someone you know would like to be interviewed as a part of this podcast, please drop us an email at editor at gcnews.com. Again, that's editor at gcnews.com. Thank you for listening and have a good day. Mm-hmm.